So one of the things that I love about the Advent season is that it's full of this fun, exciting, anticipatory waiting. Like one of the things that I love is my sister-in-law every year buys us these advent calendars that have chocolates in them. And so every day of the month we start off and we get a open up a little door and there's a little chocolate inside. And it is like, first of all, you put chocolate around me. It is very hard for me to wait, but uh, it is something to look forward to every single day. Uh, we have the advent candles that every week we light and we know we're just one more week closer to Christmas, the day that we get to give and receive and have fun and feast and just all the fun things that we enjoy in celebrating Christmas. And so Advent is full of this fun type of waiting. It's this, we, you know, we, it's this anticipation. We know what is gonna come at the end is something good. We know exactly how many days that we have left for, to wait for it. Um, when my kids were little, we used to play this little game called um, this little piggy, I'm sure some of you guys have probably played it with your kids or you know, or you were a kid and your parents played it with you. And then we would get their little toes and we would, you know, say, this little piggy went to market, this little piggy stayed home, this little piggy had roast beef, this little piggy had none. And then at the very last one, this little piggy, we would say, wee, 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 all the way home. And we just tickle them from their toes all the way up to their neck. And it was just this anticipation of the fun giggle tickles that they would get. And even before they, even before we got to the, you know, the, the one that had the roast beef, they would already start giggling because they knew what was coming. They knew that at the end of all the piggies, the very last one, they were going to go wee, 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 wee all the way home. And they couldn't wait. They loved, they loved the waiting, the anticipation of what was going to come. But if we're honest, we normally do not like waiting. We do not enjoy waiting. It is hard. In fact, one of the most miserable experiences that we can have is waiting, especially the kind of waiting that like, like waiting in a waiting room. Think about those times when you've had to go to the RMV to get your plates renewed or whatever. And I mean, that is literally an, an exercise, a social exercise on misery. If you want to look at the, what, what it's like to go into an RMV, no one wants to be there. You have to take a ticket. Everyone's in a bad mood. I feel so bad for those people that work there because it is just all people have to wait and no one wants to be there. It feels like an absolute waste of time going into waiting rooms, doctor's appointments. I mean, same, same sort of thing. You have an appointment for 12 o'clock. You usually don't get seen till 1.30. It's like you're reading old Reader's Digest from 1989. No one wants to experience the waiting. You just want it to be over. But much of the waiting that we often experience is this kind of open-ended kind of waiting. It's the wait, you know, waiting when we don't know when it's going to be over. Maybe it's we're waiting for love, for marriage, and we don't know when that person's going to come into our life or if it will come at all. We're waiting for children, but we don't know when or if we'll be able to conceive. We're waiting for justice. We're waiting for a healing. The hardest part about waiting is not knowing if or when it's going to end. And with waiting, it brings these like really hard questions without easy answers. If your life plans aren't coming like you had hoped, do you, you know, like, like you'd expected, the question is, you know, do you hang on and keep waiting and keep hoping? Or do you, you know, change your course? Do you, do you know what to do how, as you wait? 
all of these, there, there are these things that like we're yearning, we're hoping for, and we, we don't know. Like, so should I keep on yearning and hoping for these things, or, or, or is this just like some kind of sinful discontentment, or is this something that we we know that God is actually going to answer it? We just got to hold on because God just hasn't blessed us with it yet. When you don't know how it's going to end, waiting is especially challenging, because waiting when you know what's to come that requires patience. But waiting when you don't know when or if it's going to end, that requires faith. What we, we often want to escape waiting. When it comes to following Jesus, though, waiting is a big part of it. Today, I'm going to talk about waiting. I'm going to talk about why and how God uses waiting and what we can do to get the most out of it. So can we pray? God, I, I believe that you have given me a, a, a message that's from your heart that, that describes your character and the way that you allow and use waiting in our lives. And God, I know this is something that I personally have always wanted to run from, but God, I pray, Lord, that you would meet each person who's watching this where they're at and teach us what it is that you want us to know when it comes to waiting. In Jesus' name, amen. So I think we pretty much established that waiting is pretty much a bad work, right? We, we don't like to wait. We'll do whatever it takes to just avoid having to wait. And one of the ways that I do this really well is if we're going on a vacation to like Disneyland. Disneyland, we have a full-on strategy. When we get into the park, we have it all figured out, which rides we're going to get to, you know, the really the like really high priority rides, you know the lines are really long, you hit those first, and then you get this awesome thing called fast passes. And if you know what this is about, you know what this is about because you wanna get a fast pass because if you get a fast pass, it is like this golden ticket that you get to pass by all those horribly miserable souls that are waiting in that line. And you get to go like a VIP all the way up to the front and miss out on all that waiting. And so like everyone wants the fast pass. Everyone wants to skip the lines. You want to wait out of waiting. We want to get out of there as fast as you can. But by far, the absolute best Disney strategy to get out of waiting is going to Disneyland with grandparents. And I, no, no, hear me out. Grandparents who rent motorized wheelchairs so that they don't have to stand or walk along. And so my my parent my my dad and my stepmom, we went to Disney with them and they're not particularly disabled, but it was just too hard for them to have to manage a whole day walking through the crowds and standing and all that time. So they thought, you know what, we're going to we're going to rent the motorized wheelchairs and do the day that way. So we, but what we didn't know is that if you are in a party with someone who is in a wheelchair, that you and the, so the person who's in the wheelchair and nine of their party get to skip all the lines that go straight to the front and never have to wait. Okay, guys, this is the ultimate in Disney fantasy, right? <laughs> because you literally don't have to wait. You're, we, we were like walking by, you know, pushing the wheelchair, thinking, wow, we are getting through this. We're having the best day ever. By far, we didn't have to wait all day long. It was all seven of us, it was awesome. As much as we can, we want to avoid waiting, but there is sometimes God wants us to experience waiting. He uses waiting to test us, to teach us, to prepare us, to train us for what lies ahead. 
And we need these periods in our life. By, and by living faithfully in the midst of them, God will use these years, these seasons, to transform us. In fact, if you look at the word wait in the Bible, you will find it is recorded 139 times through the Bible. It is all over the Bible. And I'm going to just share a few verses about waiting. Um, Isaiah 40, 30, and 31 says, Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. And Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. And then Psalms 27.14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. As I mentioned before, when it comes to waiting, when you know what's to come, that requires patience. And when you don't know when or if it's going to end, waiting requires faith. And throughout scripture, we see people who are following God and who are experiencing seasons of waiting. Abraham and Sarah were given a promise that they were going to be the father. Abraham was going to be the father of, of the nation, and he couldn't have a baby. He waited. He had to wait and wait and wait for Sarah in her older years to have a son. Joseph was promised early on in his life that he was going to get promoted, but he waited for a promotion. Moses waited to lead the Israelites out of slavery. Joshua waited for the promised land. Ruth waited for a husband. David was promised as a child. He, was, he knew that he was, going to be, he was anointed to be king, but he had to wait to become king. Elijah waited and trusted God for the rain. Job waited for the suffering to end. And Paul waited for his release from prison. And during these times of waiting, these people were called to serve their families and those around them, they, they, to learn and to, to listen expectantly to God. They, had, they continued to pray without ceasing and not grumble and complain and, and fulfill the ordinary work that God had called them to. And it wasn't glamorous and it wasn't showy or especially exciting. In those moments, they, didn't, they couldn't necessarily see where the end was at sight, but it was preparing them for what was to come. Because in God's wisdom, he knew that Abraham and Sarah, they needed decades to learn that God was enough and that he deserves their trust. He knew that Joseph needed years of languishing in prison and cycling through suffering over and over again to learn humility and to ultimately experience forgiveness and forgive his brothers. He knew that Moses needed 40 years as a, as a country shepherd before he could shepherd God's people. And just like Joshua, he needed 40 years assisting Moses to learn leadership and courage. And even Jesus modeled for us what it looks like to wait on God's timing. He was, Jesus was fully man and he was fully God, and yet he was not above the principle of waiting. He waited till he was 30 years old to, before he could start his public ministry. Can you imagine what that must have been like to be God but to wait? 
Jesus' whole life could have been called a waiting game. He, he waited for his disciples. He waited for the crowds. He waited for his parents. He waited for the crucifixion. He waited for his glorification. He is currently, he's waiting to return. His life and his death and his resurrection are pictures of faithful waiting. And we are as followers of Jesus to follow in his example. God knows what we need. And if he wants us to wait, it is always for our good. And that is it, all that's required of us is simply to be faithful, faithfulness. So let's, let's ask this question, why wait? What, what is it, what is God wanting to accomplish? Why does he ask us to wait? Why does he involve waiting in our lives? So I'm gonna give us three reasons. The first one is this, because waiting transforms us. Waiting transforms our character. God uses seasons of waiting to grow us, to mature us, to prepare us and equip us for what's to come. When I look back and I see like seasons in my life where growth has happened, it's always been followed, it was always been following a season of waiting. And sometimes it can feel like I'm in this just like really lonely wilderness, but all while I'm in that, there's this process of transformation that's happening, of growth that, that expanded me, that matured me, that equipped me for what was to come. When I think about the Christmas story, I think it's noteworthy that God chose to use a pregnancy, a nine-month season of waiting and preparing to bring the Son of God into the world. He could have brought Jesus into the world in another miraculous way, but instead he chose to involve an ordinary teenage girl. He sent an angel to announce what was to come, and after this supernatural, awesome announcement, Mary was left with a season of waiting. And, and, and I don't think necessarily details of how that was all going to pan out. Isn't that how it is? God gives us a word. He gives us a promise of what's to come. And then what follows is waiting. I can imagine the moment when, when it hit, that ending this like supernatural high, spiritual high that she must have been on when she experienced the angel and the awesomeness of that. And then after that, having that first wave of nausea and like that uneasy, queasy feeling of actually having to go through the physical aspects of a pregnancy. The uneasy part of morning sickness and stretching and back pain. The process of growth is never easy. It's always uneasy. Growth is never, it never comes through ease. It comes through stretching. It comes through expanding our own capacity to push on ahead. This is the change that needs to happen in order for us to grow. Like anything that's for our good, it often comes through pain. It, think when you think about what's involved in, in preparing for anything, like training for a marathon is something that involves time and it involves effort. And for those of you who've tried it, you can't just expect to get up and run a marathon, right? It, it takes time to invest in time, to train yourself, to discipline your body. You know what they say, no pain, no gain, right? So maybe you're in a season like that. It just feels like so hard and you feel the growing pains, and you feel the stretching and the pulling, and you're facing this anxiety nausea of stepping out of your comfort zone into something new. Maybe it's a new job, something new. Maybe, maybe you've had to rework your entire life this year to deal with the effects of this pandemic, and, and, and it's brought this, this, con, 
this pandemic, it's brought you all this extra stress and it's stressing out your nerves and you're having to take new risks over and over again. I, I know for me, this it has pushed me in ways that I never expected or wanted. Um, and sometimes the stretching, is, it's actually just pushed me way out of my comfort zone, way more than I thought that I even think I can bear. It's been a hard year. But the hardest part is not knowing like when's it going to end or how is it going to end, right? And we still don't know how that's going to be, right? But in these times of waiting, we have an opportunity for transformation. We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to make a deliberate choice to trust in God and to put our trust in him and to hold on to the promises that he has for me. He hasn't told me each step of the way what's going to happen, but he has told me that I can put my trust in him. That's, he has told me about who he is, and I know that that is true, that I can trust him. The truth is that, is that when we're waiting, it's not a waiting room. A lot of times we, we think about waiting as a waiting room, but it's actually more like a workroom. It's a workroom where God is there to chisel away and work on us, to prepare us, to mature us, because there is purpose in waiting. And I know, I, I know because I've experienced it, a lot of times when you're in those seasons of waiting, it feels like a waste. It feels like a waste of time. But actually, it's not, it's not a wasteland. It's, it's in the wilderness of our souls that God is doing his greatest work. When I look back on seasons in my life, I can see long periods of wildernesses. And sometimes it's time when I felt like I was just like kind of put on the shelf, like my life was put on the shelf waiting for my life to begin. I, I sometimes think about, I, I, I really connect with the Disney character Rapunzel uh, from the movie Tangled. And there's a song in there that she's like, when will my life begin? And she sings as she's basically busily trying to past the time waiting for this amazing life that she was going to be experiencing because right now she's stuck in a tower. She's passing time and she's just waiting and longing for the end of this season and for her real life to begin. I totally connect with that. <laughs> okay, so number two, number reason, the first one is that it, God uses waiting to transform us. The second reason is that God uses waiting to test us, to test our motive, to test like what are, where, to, what is the, what is really behind what we're doing? Our, it reveals our true motives. You know, I've heard it said, you know, let's, let's give it the test of time or their love is proven, you know, to, to last through the test of time. Time will reveal things. And so sometimes God allows waiting to really test us, to, to really test and see where our heart is and what is the true motive of our heart. And number three, God uses waiting to build our intimacy and our dependency on him. Waiting involves this active posture of having to relinquish control. And, you know, I'm a go-getter. I like to be the one in control. I like to get stuff done. But waiting is this ultimate exercise in having to give control over to God as I'm waiting for his timing. And, man, it drives me crazy because I want to have control. But that is, there's this active act of surrender as you wait to give God, to put your dependency on him. But here's God's promise to us as we wait. He promises that as we wait, that we don't have to wait alone. That as we wait, that God promises to be with us. In fact, James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's a, that's a promise 
from God's word that as we draw near to him, he promises to draw near to us. As Ashley was teaching us last week, that's who God is. He is Emmanuel. He, his name is God with us. He, he isn't just this God who's far off, but he is with us, even in the wilderness, even through the waiting. Realizing why God makes us wait and what he's doing through the waiting, it, it, it helps us to start to trust him. And sometimes we're in this tension between the waiting and the preparation to the season ahead. And the more that we can learn to cooperate with God when we're in those seasons of waiting, rather than fighting him or trying to like, you know, figure out the fastest exit out of the waiting. But when we start to cooperate, the easier it will be for us to get the most out of those seasons. When I, when I think back to different times in my life where I've been in this particular waiting season, I recognize that in those wilderness seasons are the times when I experienced God's presence in a more significant way. I, I experienced more intimacy with him because I know that in those times, like there's something about waiting that makes your prayers like more earnest. You, you're, you, you have this desperation for God to break through and I think back to times when I, I felt like I experienced his presence in the waiting. Uh, I spent a lot more time in prayer, a lot more time seeking his face. Um, I remember times when I was in my room crying out to God and I can like, when I look back, I remember, those are the times that I remember. Some of the most ex significant moments in my spiritual life with God have been during those times when I was desperately waiting for a breakthrough. Perhaps that is one of the reasons why God wants us to wait, it, because it builds our intimacy and our relationship with him. And that's what he wants for with us too. So as we close out this service today, uh, we're going to share a song of worship with you. And sometimes when we worship, it is a way for us to encourage our hearts, to encourage our souls, to put our trust in God. And so instead of rushing ahead and wishing the waiting away, Let's slow down. Let's learn to embrace the waiting. Let's allow the waiting to grow us, to mature us, and to prepare us and equip us for what is ahead. Let's allow the waiting to test us, to purify and refine our motives. Let's get the most out of it. Let's draw near to God and, and deepen our intimacy and our trust in Him. This song we're going to sing is a, it's a song of surrender, a song that we're, where we're actively putting our trust in God. This is a song of prayer, asking God for more faith, for more trust. And that is what we need to do in order to get through the waiting. <laughs>